I'm a part-time rock star. What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 157. This week featuring local producer and musician Tony Corelli of the Deep End Studio. He's been recording music now for about 20 years or so and is a massive supporter of the scene. Uh, we had a real fun, in-depth conversation about all the projects he's been working on, including the Charm City Sampler, which is a music compilation that features all local artists. And uh, he was giving those out the other weekend at the Ellicott City Music Festival where I ran into him. Uh, turns out Tony also makes some custom microphones for bands all over the world, um, and we talked uh, a little bit about that. Uh, he's got his own band, of course, called Steep Steps, and I feature a song of which called Sophia on this episode, which you can check out. Um, his band was also featured in an indie flick called Butterfly Kisses, so I linked a music video to that if you want to check it out. But um, regardless, uh, whether you are friends or fans of Tony's, hopefully you appreciate the conversation. Uh, it was definitely a good one. It sounds like his next uh, outing will be at the Maryland Science Center playing at a Halloween party in his friend's band, and they are doing a Foo Fighters tribute set. So uh, definitely check him out there, and uh, check out all the links to Tony's stuff in the episode description, including the Deep End Studio, of course, if you're looking for any production needs. I'm sure he can help you out there. Um, regardless, thanks for listening and supporting local music we all all definitely appreciate it. Uh, sadly, though, as of recording this right now, I just learned of Jake Hirsch's passing. Um, he was a former guest of the show and in the band Fubar out of Pittsburgh, and we were fortunate enough to play a few shows uh, together um, over the past couple years, but uh, sadly, it sounds like he is no longer with us, so obviously, hopefully, the guys in Fubar and uh, his family are all doing all right, given the circumstances. Definitely thinking of you guys, and uh, definitely blasting some food bar. But uh, yeah, hopefully we can all support each other in this music scene that we find ourselves in. Uh, it's kind of what this whole thing's about. Uh, without too much further ado here, though, I just got to mention that uh, the sponsor of this show is Truly Strings Guitar Shop. Uh, Steven is the luthier who runs it. He's my buddy and does a killer job. Uh, definitely check out Truly Strings on Instagram, and then um, also Part-Time Rockstar Productions is up and running if you're looking for a music video or some live shooting. Anyway, we will now get to the conversation with Tony. Virtually meet you here. Um, my name's Brett. Um, this is the podcast. I've been running the part-time rock star one for a little while, and um, I feel like you have just uh, your name comes across the radar for it a lot. Um, I do it all so. day. 
every day and uh and play a lot of shows too so i've seen you at shows and i've i have friends of mine have been on your podcast so it's cool to finally meet yeah it's good to see you at main um, street that was a great event wasn't it main yeah, street music was, fest that was really cool i got uh, a ton of footage of that one for everybody i've been dabbling in the camera stuff lately nice it was great weather. Everybody was excited to do a music festival again. Really went well. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I feel like most recently, I feel like your name popped up uh, with Brad Cox on Mouthful Graffiti podcast. And then yeah, were you uh, were you interviewed by Brad? Um, I was on there like a while ago, maybe like a year ago, but I still check into the show. And I'll I feel check like that out. But yeah, he's, either he's his cool guest, uh, I think a guy named Gabe uh, Woodrow. Yeah, he was just on. Yep. And then um, I was also at uh, Ben DeHaan's wedding like last weekend, and uh, Pat Rennie was there. Mm -hmm. He said he's been working with you as well. Yeah, we just finished a full length of like uh, almost boy band sounding like dance Mm -hmm. pop. So that's fun. All synth. It's cool. Yeah, he's he's definitely super, super into the pop thing for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I just figured you'd be a great person to get on the show um just given how many people you worked with over the years i don't know how long the uh the deep end studio has been going but uh i figured we could start there yeah it's been about 20 years in 2003 i renovated my basement to look more like a studio and that's when i considered the deep end starting but i was working with bands in 2000 actually in 1999 so I actually started in analog. So I've, I started at the tail end of analog tape. So anyone younger than me has to really make an effort to find analog tape because they stopped making it. Um, gotcha. And people older than me, that's all they knew. So right when I yeah. came up, it was analog tape. It Im- immediately went to digital tape, which I describe as the worst of both worlds. Had all the limitations <laughs> of analog, didn't have the sound. Um, I still have an ADAT machine next to me for transfers. Um, but that, that sucked, but a lot of great records still managed to be made on ADAT. Uh, and then we transitioned to hard drive, so uh, to hard disk and doing things in the digital audio workstations like Pro Tools. So uh, so really, I saw a lot of changes in a short period of time. So as long as I've been doing it, um, I got to do those kind of three main mediums. And now I'm, I'm working in Pro Tools with a lot of analog gear mixed with it. So it's a cool hybrid setup I got here. Right on. And you are based out of like the sort of Annapolis area, or I'm in Middle River on the north side of Baltimore. Oh, okay. So I'm right where six ninety five and yeah, yeah, where six ninety five and ninety five meet on the other side of town. I saw you at Ellicott City. That was the uh, yeah. the south side, but yeah, I'm on the north side, and I record bands that are coming from all over. Some bands come from like New York or Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. or Virginia, so they'll come from north or south. Um, I think that. People come in for a producer they want to work with, and, and uh, location uh, doesn't quite doesn't quite matter. So it's, it's rare. Yeah. I, you mentioned Pat Rennie; he lives nearby. So some people I record do live nearby, uh, but a lot of people are coming from Frederick or other areas just um, yeah. because they they wanted to work with me, and that's that's where I am. That's where they're from. Yeah, I guess I imagine at this point you probably don't have to put a lot of effort into like advertising or reaching out to anybody because it's probably just sheer word of mouth and people finding you like throughout uh you know their friends bands and and yeah there's a funny phenomenon where bands break up 
and then I get all their pieces sometimes. <laughs> so it's like one yeah. band will, will multiply into three bands and I'll like work with all three of them. Uh, so yeah. I make that joke about like, you know, discord among bands. It's like, well, that's more bands for me to record. Um, so yeah, I mean like, well, Brad keeps me busy. Brad Brad does yeah. so much stuff. He's got so much music. Uh, and then, you know, I think he's he's here all the time at the studio and then I find out he's written like a trilogy and and he's he's done like he's produced like a, a dozen podcasts in the past time I, I saw him so yeah I keep busy with with Brad and there's there's some projects that really take a lot of time and then there's some that are occasional so add it all up at the end of the year yeah I've I've worked with hundreds of artists I think every every year so it's just it's countless yeah. thousands now so yeah it's all it's all word of mouth but you saw me at the um, Main Street Music Fest I do the sampler to get remain involved in the community. And yeah. uh, I can I consider that almost advertising. Like this is a this is me out there. But it, as you probably know, I play with other bands and, and people know who I am. So I, I really see it more now as as just kind of a giving back, like yeah. trying to find bands to give them exposure and to to push that. Um, so so it really has has become more about the bands there. And um, I don't need to do any any real promotion on my own for the actual studio. Yeah, it's cool. How long's the uh, the sampler been going? This year was the tenth year of the Charm City sampler, so I, nice. I called it the Charm City sampler in two thousand twelve. So twenty twenty two, that's ten of them. I actually did a couple before that. I just was calling it something else. Something else. But yeah. yeah, so I guess that was two years before that. So that so it's been twelve years of doing these CD compilations. Twelve years ago, so okay, I've been doing this for twenty years. Started in analog. Twelve years ago. In the scope of history is not very long ago, but if you're into music, that's before Spotify. It's bef- yeah. we had MySpace, but it was before social media was as uh, impacting as it is now. So, um, so the first compilation I put together at the place Bourbon Street. I don't know if you remember that. Um, there was oh, a venue. Wait, no, the the club. Or yes, venue thing. Yeah, no. Yeah, I the venue Bourbon Street, and uh, I remember that place because of the college nights, man. It was like yeah, ten bucks, like all you could drink or something. It was crazy. So they did a uh, noise in the basement. Ninety eight Rock did a okay. local uh, local band showcase every Monday night. So it was like every Monday night was was a party of local music, yeah. four or five local bands. Um, and I went as frequently as I could, and um, we put together the first compilation there on the rooftop bar after a show. I was hanging out with with Kevin Hawk and with uh, Bill Winicky and and just people that played in bands and some people that work there and we talked about putting together a cd and we just sort of came together everybody pitched in i gathered um i don't know maybe 15 bands that i just yeah. knew personally and we we made the first cd we made a ton of cds and we gave them out um and then it just started a trend so now now i make a lot of cds and give them out at music festivals and i found main street to be a really good one because the people there really seem like they're looking for local music um, yeah. So that's what it's about, getting it to people who listen to local music, who show up at local festivals, not necessarily festivals with a with a national headliner, but a festival like that where people are coming yeah. for local bands, local artists, uh, local uh, craft makers and local beers and stuff and uh, and just getting the music to them. So that so that's really what it was pretty much about 12 years ago. And uh, and it's it's I've kind of dialed it in more and that's definitely where the goal is and and, and we yeah. still made cds this year so it's funny 12 years ago cds were kind of the only way to listen to music uh now i do have a spotify playlist i do do stuff with it online but i also do physical cds and people like to pick them up we, we always make cool artwork um people collect them it's just some people at that in ellicott city it's funny just some older people that just 
I don't know, you, you just might look at and think that they weren't, um, you know, too into music. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to judge. But you find out, like, they have all the CDs and they know, like, the bands. I'm like, oh, yeah, this band's back again. And I, I like this one. And, and they're comparing them. It's, so that's always really exciting to me to find out that there's people that are listening to them and discovering bands through them and, um, and see, still seeing value in CDs at a time where, yeah. you know, the, the, the obituary for CDs are, is written every week. Like, oh, you know, there, there will never be another disc made, well. you know. Yeah. So every year I make the discs. I'm like, are people going to take the discs? And and uh, this year I came home with a couple dozen discs left. I mean, we gave out thousands of CDs. We we wow. we uh, so people still are into it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you're probably always going to need something tangible, whether it's a tape or a vinyl or a CD or God knows what. It's just the novelty, right? I mean, right? Yeah, kind of yeah. wants something. Be like, you and, just um, hand, hand them a disc drive and they'd be happy. Here you go. If those were like cheap and easily disposable or something. Yeah, I think that helps too at a music festival. There's so many bands. A lot right. of times like that one had, I don't know, eight or ten stages. So there's so much music. So you may have seen so much music, but by the end of the day, do you remember who you saw? Did you take home? Yeah. Did you get some merch from them? And if you didn't, at least you had this CD that's like, here's 22 cool bands. Listen to them and connect with them. And maybe you saw them because you were at my uh, stage, the Charm City Sampler stage. Everyone playing there was on the CD. So if you had a good time, you saw Tianesta, and you didn't catch their name, you didn't buy their CD, but you walked yeah. out with my CD, when you listen and hear Tianesta, you may say, oh, I, I saw that band. I'll make sure I'll find them on Facebook now that I have their name. So that, that's what it's all about, is making sure that people connect with the bands, that you don't just walk by and enjoy it for a minute and forget about them, but that you connect. Yeah. Uh, and as you know, when you play in a band, you need some fans, but you actually... You don't need a ton. Like, if you have a few people that you can really count on that are going to come to your show, they're going to share the songs you release. Um, that that's really golden. That that's yeah. a lot more than than plays or likes on Facebook. If you have some some real dedicated fans, and I feel like this is a good way to find those dedicated fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a place like that, you never quite know if it's just uh, a nice sunny day, and so people are just going to come to Main Street, Ellicott City, just to walk around because of that. And then go, oh, there's a, there's something going on today. There's music, there's beer, there's art, there's something. It's almost like, I wonder if people just come down almost expecting that every weekend. You never know. <laughs> it, it was a nice day that day. And it, it's such a cool area. I love that area. Uh, but that, that festival, people do, they are, yeah. they're coming excited. A lot of them will have shirts of local bands on and, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, it's cool. and it's it's all ages and the kids are having fun and it, it, it's always a, a long it's a long day but it's a full very fulfilling day nice so I guess I gotta ask I found the, uh, the sampler again on the Spotify thing which I can definitely link to this episode um, if people want to search it out but uh, looks like Luke my buddy uh, the LJR as he called himself is uh, on there on the yes yep so I was wondering yeah, he did great you, and... uh, cross paths with him at all or not um, yeah, I see him at a, at events, and um, and we talk online. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of my friends, are, they're people I message and we talk to and we interact. And then yeah. I, then I wonder how many times I've met uh, in real life. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, but I see I've seen him play live. Um, we've we've met up at different events, and yeah. he he's always doing a lot of stuff. He does video. He does he does production. He does his own music. But he's also helping out other artists. So we've yeah we've talked about how to how to help people along and just what to do as things change 
so frequently, so rapidly. Um, he's always been very adaptable. So we, we've just talked about how to different platforms to get your music yeah. out to and, and different artists that we think in the area that are, that are great and, and deserve more attention. Yeah, no, he's definitely uh, always up to something. He's one of my oldest friends, so I always uh, got to bring him up from time to time. He actually still drums in my band um, occasionally. He's pretty phenomenal at that in his own right. Yeah, um, he's, he's very talented. He's got a lot of yeah, he's got a lot of talent. Um, but yeah, and then um, <clears throat> you also have your own uh, project, right? The uh, the electronic one, uh, Steep Steps. Yeah, Steep uh, Steps. Um, and, and and I'm mentioning it now, so I'm going to do more with Steep Steps. And the reason I'm saying this is because if you're hearing this, remind me <laughs> because I keep getting uh, just I dive into all the projects I'm working on, and right. um, and I have all these songs. I have I have three songs that are that are haven't been released yet. They're ready to release, but I've just been so busy on other projects. And then the uh, the sampler is always a lot of work and planning the event. Um, so I yeah. told myself when the sampler's done, I'm going to start putting these songs out. So I got new songs to put out. Steep Steps is my my own writing project. It's like looking back and saying, okay, I, I made dozens of records this year and, and mm. working on dozens more. Um, every once in a while, I should put something out. Um, and it really is like what I personally like. It's like it's my most natural like if i were to write a song this is just me writing a song just just for the art of it um so yeah. if someone hears it and says that's the sound they want then then it's really easy that that's the sound that's most natural for me but i produce all kinds of different styles but um steep steps is kind of cinematic uh, piano and synth based um a, a little ambient and and a, a lot about textures and ethereal sounds and female vocals so mm -hmm. um on the on the first EP I did, Athena Hiotis sang, um, and she's, she's still doing stuff with me and, and does it live. She's, she's extremely talented. Um, she's from Prism Waves and Circuit Villains. And Prism Waves was uh, formerly known as Rev. So anyone gotcha. that remembers Playground Etiquette or Rev. Um, Athena, great uh, keyboard player, guitarist, vocalist, songwriter, everything. And uh, so it's been great working with her. So we got together and did a five-song EP. And then I have... A few new ones that I've used some other guest vocalists. Ami Dong, a, a world-renowned sitarist who, who tours and, and does awesome, awesome things that she does. Because if you ever get a chance to see Ami Dong, um, she she plays sitar and does looping and electronic stuff. She asks the whole crowd to sit on the floor like she does when she plays. And uh, I love her concert experiences. So it was great doing a song with her. Um, I did one with Michelle Carmen. Also very talented. I did one with um, a singer named Karen um, that I saw. She was on tour with this Brahms versus Radiohead um, mashup where it was orchestral Radiohead, which of course is great because Radiohead has these great chord yeah. progressions and arrangements. So, so parsing that out further into an orchestra sounded great. I went to see it in Baltimore and loved it so much. I went again in Philadelphia and uh, had a conversation with the conductor and with her online and then I got to hang out with them after the event and then she came back to my studio the next day and sang another song so I'm really excited about that song I gotta release it soon so um, <laughs> so again I'm going on record saying I'm gonna release this stuff so I will try yeah. to re I will try to follow through with it and maybe someone listening will say hey Tony uh, put, put some new steep steps out um, <laughs> but that's that that's just uh, some, something I'm doing to yeah. I, I, I don't know just 
you get that the stuff that's in my mind I want to get out and just just experiment and do it completely completely free of uh, of any other objective that but then to just write and then, and then when I co-write right. with people I'm writing with their their style with their project of mine and I love doing that I do that all the time which is why I'm saying I, I want to do one where okay this is just the sort of like unfiltered this is what would just naturally come out so that's what steep steps is cool yeah man it's a good rundown i gotta ask um about uh butterfly kisses i guess this indie flick this horror movie that yeah it's uh, great i was checking out highly... the, the video for it yeah i recommend watching the film it was shot partly in ellicott city partly in um at the avenue in white marsh I was just mm-hmm. at Red Brick Station yesterday, and, and there were some scenes that were shot oh, nice. in Red Brick. Uh, and there's a lot right on Main Street. Um, it, I, I, so the the um, filmmaker um, commissioned us to write a song for the end, Athena and I, and that's what the song uh, outlines on our record is. And it's the closing credits song of the movie. He described the movie to us uh, by the way, his name is Eric Christopher Myers, and uh, sadly he is he has passed. Um, and uh, but he he was I, I, very brilliant, very creative. He gave us yeah. an idea of what we, he wanted us to write, and he uh-huh. described something for us that was not the movie that it turned out to be. So you got to see the movie to understand. It's very it's got a lot of layers. It's very self-referential and meta and it just goes i i really like his approach to it and i was one of the people that he tricked to do different things uh he also interviews another studio guy that i know who is basically he's being interviewed by someone that's acting a part but he doesn't know it so not everyone in the movie knows who's an actor or what's real it definitely blurs the line between a documentary and it's uh i mean it's fiction but there are people in it that don't know that it's fiction. Like they they yeah. go to this this uh, kind of ghost hunter club in in Dundalk, and those people are like they're real. So it's yeah. they got this extreme Dundalk accent, and uh, and they this they really do meet and have these like these like ghost conventions. And uh, but but it's very interesting. The movie's called Butterfly Kisses. It's on Amazon Prime, and um, there's the trailer for it has our song in the background, and we have the song at the end credits. And then we we did a music video for it using the producers of the film. And actually, there's a little special effects stuff in it that is from the film. So the uh, the monster, so to speak, of the film is in our video because it was the, the same uh, yeah. special effects crew that put it in there. And the song nice. is called Outlines, and we call it Outlines in parentheses from the film Butterfly Kisses to specify it was a soundtrack song. So that, And that was a commissioned yeah. song. He told us what to write about. He told us what the movie was. The movie turned out to be something different, and I love it for mm. it. I was I was skeptical when I first started watching. I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought." And then uh, then it it really developed, and uh, and um, yeah. I really like how it turned out. Yeah, I'll have to link that in into this episode as well. It's pretty cool. And uh, since it's Halloween, maybe it's a good time to check out the movie too. Yeah, yeah, definitely a scary movie. Um, going back to Red Brick Station real quick. Do you happen to know the bartender, Rob? Or Robert, uh, I don't know if he cares about say his name on this, but I don't know if I don't know if I know him. But um, okay. during the pandemic, we would go to the movies sometimes across oh. the street from there. Um, we had these like just super cheap movie tickets. We yeah. would go in, my wife and I, and no one would be there. We would just watch a movie on our own. That's we saw awesome. Tenet, and uh, so the concessions were like kind of closed there, 
and the bar was closed. They had they put a bar yeah. in at that that AMC, and um, and there just was never anyone there. There was hardly you couldn't even see any if anyone was even working. You kind of like went in and like scanned yeah. your ticket and just walked in. And uh, so I would go across the street to Red Brick and just get beer right. to go and walk across the street into AMC. <laughs> so I don't know if Rob is the bartender there, but the bartender mm-hmm. would would know, and then uh, yeah. he'd see me walk up and he'd, and they because they put it in like a growler to go. So I'm like, okay, do that, and then take it over to the AMC. Um, that's awesome but it's a cool place they they brew their yeah. own over there and and uh it, and it's nice at, at night and and actually we um when we were planning the music video we met at red brick uh, wow. on the patio there to plan it out yeah it's a really nice spot i only found out about it because um that bartender slash uh, brewer he made a tribute beer to my all-time favorite band turns out he was friends with him so i was like this is awesome so oh cool well, i'll have to it. look him up i wonder if it's the same dude very cool guy yeah, probably. I have a sneaking suspicion. It might have been. But, uh, I think so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then, um, I guess, kind of, if we have a little agenda to this uh, conversation, the last thing I was going to bring up, of course, was uh, do you modify mics? And I didn't know if that was a business or a hobby or just, it's just a natural progression of running a studio. It's kind of a, a side thing, but, but it's really cool because our mic turns up at cool places i got started at a studio secret sound run by john grant and he's he's still yeah. doing it. he does he does great work he even teaches recording or he was at harford community and then essex i don't think he is right now I, I think he's even taught at sheffield um so i learned a lot working for him um we we worked on adat and analog tape uh, or, or analog board and uh we we had this idea to just put a right angle in an sm57 sm57 very popular mic used on snare drum and we thought getting that angle would help to get it in the right spot and keep it away from the drummer hitting it and reject the hi-hat. The hi-hat bleed in the snare is just a constant problem that engineers will always talk about and that this was a solution we had. So we put a right angle in the middle of 57 because it unscrews in the middle. So we just wired something in there, extended the wires and put in a, a right angle. And it really took off. Uh, yeah. we, made, we made one and we know Dennis Chambers who, you know, one of the one of the best drummers in the world happens to be from Baltimore. He's been at, at John's studio and at my studio frequently, and um, we gave one to him. And then he's like, "Yeah, you know, Carter wants a few from uh, from Dave Matthews Band." So apparently, these elite drummers must have like a group yeah. chat or something. Yeah. And uh, so word word got out, and then the guitarist from from um, Dave Matthews Band, Tim Reynolds, he uses it too on on his rig. He's got this huge rig. He did this huge rig rundown. Then the last thing he has is just one mic on it. It's our modified 57, so it can stay in the road case. Nice. Um, so it's something we do on the side. John and I are both busy with the studios, but we he'll he'll now he's the one that does the soldering at, at the beginning. I did, but he'll solder mics, and then I test them and put stickers and put them in boxes. And when we get orders, we fill them, and then we find out like we'll see pictures of like rage against the machine in Madison square garden. And we're looking at, Oh, there's our mic on the, on the cowbells, you know, <laughs> at the beginning of, uh, what is it killing in the name of doom, doom, yeah. doom, clock, clock, clock. And then that, that's yeah. our, uh, our mic on there. And, uh, there was a point where Taylor Swift deleted all the pictures from her Instagram, which she was doing, I think the album was reputation. And she just put one picture of her in the studio and her mic's in it. And, really? um, I have two daughters. That's of all the things I've done. That's the only thing that they've ever been yeah. like impressed with. They were like, they were like the microphone you yeah. you soldered is is in this picture with Taylor Swift. So they they cared a lot about that. Um, so it is cool to yeah. see it pop up in places. But it really is something that we do uh, very much on the side of what we're doing. 
But then we get to go to trade shows, like I'm going to AES in New York next month. So I love going to music trade shows. I, I guess in whatever industry, I think they're, they're trade shows for like, probably like plumbing yeah. supply or everything. But these music trade shows, like I'm seeing like, you know, producers and, and mix engineers that I that I see online or hear about, or I listen to their records and, and they're just walking around, I get to talk to them. And, and, uh, and, and the cool thing with doing the microphone is a lot of them already know about what we do, they'll see my shirt and just know about it, or they already use it. Uh, and if they don't, sometimes I'll, I'll give them one, and they'll they'll send us back a quote. So we have some of the just the top engineers, Chris Lord Algae nice. and uh, Jack Joseph Quig, and and other people that that use our mic and have given us great quotes. Vance Powell, um, and then I got to meet Vance Powell. He mixed a record that I recorded. He's a Grammy winning. Uh, um, mix engineer in Nashville and he remembered me from the trade shows and we've had a few conversations and he's on our website so it was cool to meet him again and have him remember me so so uh, doing the microphone has been a been a cool way to come in contact with a lot of really established um, very interesting individuals yeah I was gonna say it sounds like just instant street cred you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah. It's it's like they know it right away, so I can kind of yeah. walk up to anyone now, and uh, it does seem like everyone knows about it. It's in Sweetwater, so it's in the Sweetwater catalog. We don't advertise that either, so yeah, I guess I'm a, I'm anti-advertising. We it's yeah. it just we have some vendors, so musicians friend. It's on their website, Vintage King. Um, when people order overseas, we're in Toman Music, which is great because we used to get um, orders in different languages, and we'd Google Translate, which is you know not yeah. a perfect way to do it. We'd ship it, and then we don't know when it would get there. Um, I found like the Italian people are super patient, for example. So like, hey, you know, I ordered a mic a year ago. Like, oh, sorry. You know, like in America, if it wasn't there two days, we'd have heard from you. But uh, but there we don't really know uh, how long it takes to get there. So now we ship, we'll ship like 20 mics over to Tome and and Tome and fills the orders in Europe and stuff. Um, So and they collect the back tax and they do the tracking and stuff. It's a lot harder for us to track all that on this side, especially when we're doing it part time. Neither of us are are uh really into that sort of businessy stuff like we're both yeah. we're both doing the studio so let let them uh handle the uh fulfillment they'll do a better job than us for that part yeah yeah and i imagine uh you're pretty busy uh year round right so yeah so we're that. doing that all day and uh do you um, ever but we're um, still able to do the mics so yeah do you ever like cap how many bands you're working with at a given time is there like a do you have a general rule or do you not really care? Just kind of go for it all. I, I just decided to stay off one day a week. So, so Sundays I'm off with the family and, um, and if I didn't make a conscious effort, I think I would just end up doing it seven days, but I do it. I do it six days. A lot of times I'll go into, into the AMs doing it. Um, so I don't really cap it off. It just kind of limits itself with, because, it's just me. I don't have like a yeah. second engineer. I don't have like multiple rooms. It's it's one studio um, mm-hmm. with me running it. So it's only going to be able to to. I'm only going to be able to record as many people as I can do in my in my waking hours. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I do it. I really do like just really fill up my time doing it. I I really hate to miss anything. Like there's so many bands I like in the area, and it's always cool to hear from someone I like, and they're like want to do an album next month. And I'll try to, well, I'm usually booked about two or three months in advance, but I always try to fit everyone in that I can. Um, so I don't say I don't want to. It's, it's like I always want yeah. to. Just sometimes I get booked a little too far ahead and we got to we gotta wait three or four months to do it. Um, a couple years ago, I got booked all year and then I decided to stop 
allowing that to happen. So I don't plan that far ahead because when I was booked a year in advance, I really was missing out on stuff. Bands I liked would contact me. I'm like, yeah, it's going to have to be next year. So now I just, I just say when someone wants to do something, if my schedule's full, I guess that's in a way a limit. I just say nothing's available right now. Let's, let's circle back in a month. And, uh, and then we can start planning four months from now. So right now it's in September when we're recording this. I don't know if it's going to air in October, but I'm pretty, I got some time left in December that I'm holding, so I'm not booked all year, but I definitely would have been had I not yeah. made that effort. Um, but I'm, I'm currently now looking more into 2023 with the projects I'm doing with, with very little time left in 2022. Yeah, it makes sense. You kind of want to save some room for spontaneity or just, you know, like you're saying, you know, to help your yeah. friends out too. Probably. Yeah, or if a project, sometimes a project uh, just runs behind. We we set aside yeah. time for it, and and the singer wants to re-sing some stuff, or the just the project grows, and I've learned us to kind of hold a little bit of buffer time in case we need another day to finish a record, and we don't say, oh, well, we didn't finish today in September, so let's get back to it February next year. I <laughs> try not to have that yeah. happen, but it's been an effort to make sure that doesn't happen because it it was happening a couple of years ago, and I did let my schedule get that booked. Yeah, makes sense. Are there any uh, just kind of fun stories, big names, I don't know, cool records that you feel like just something that stands out to you to kind of wind this thing down with? I know it's probably virtually impossible to pick from thousands yeah, I of mean, I, I really, stuff. I, but. I really get into every project I'm doing, and sometimes the things I, I like the most are, aren't the ones that, that right. take off yeah. the most. Uh, sometimes I'm surprised when I'll see a band I record posts that they've had uh 200,000 or 500,000 Spotify plays I'm like wow that, that's that's amazing because this this other record that I really like is still yeah. in the kind of 30 active listener range yeah. um so and I tell bands that sometimes you just got to let your fans tell you what your what your single is because I think some of sometimes as musicians we're listening a different way we're listening mm-hmm. to different things we are interested in different things um yeah and obviously you know we hear sometimes a hit song and sometimes it's like okay, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's the song that's the the big one right now. When there's there's other stuff that seems better. So so yeah, I work with a lot of artists. I just finished a record with uh, Callie Kloss that I really love. I, I hope that does well. Um, and she's 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 a great songwriter. I love her her voice and her approach. Um, so we'll see if it does. But I'm I'm really excited about that. I don't think I don't think a lot. She's playing live. She was playing at Main Street, but a lot of people don't know who she is. She's not like nationally yeah. known. But I hope that changes in the future. I'm doing a record right now with Sonia of Disappear Fear, and she is nationally known. She's been doing it since the '80s. She played at Lilith yeah. Fair. Um, she tours. She tours the world, and we're about to f- we're working on a full length right now. So I think that'll do well. Um, probably one of the better known artists I've worked with was Mike Smith of Limp Bizkit. So he was yeah. he's from around here. He was in Limp. And while he was doing that, he was doing a solo project here, which was funny because he was really interested in his music and his writing and what he was doing. And then, like one day, we were going really late. And he's like, "I got to go. I got a flight uh, tomorrow." And they were he was going to go to I think it was South America somewhere and play with Metallica and Corn <laughs> yeah. and uh, and Limp Bizkit at, at some at one of those ridiculous arena shows. It's yeah. like bigger than we can even pull off in America. I don't know if it was mm-hmm. Brazil or something like that. Uh, but he was he was just trying to stay up and do his own music, so I appreciate yeah. that uh, that heart. Um, and uh, and I record this uh, this gospel artist Jumbo, and we we did a we did a bunch of recordings. And then one time he tagged me in a music video, and it had millions 
millions of plays. <laughs> and nice. I realized he's like, he's huge in uh, Nigeria, where he's from. Um, huh. So he, he it lives in D.C. half the time. So we'll do some stuff and then he'll go over to Nigeria for, for yeah. like six months. And then apparently he just, he he's huge gospel yeah. artist over there. Uh, but but he was he's extremely talented he's a trumpet player and vocalist and the the musicians he brings in he's got a couple different bass players and keyboard players and drummers um and they're, they're all like sick talented so i i asked once you know where are you like what lab are you creating these musicians from and he he plays at a, at a big church in dc that just is really into music and nice. uh you know contemporary gospel it's like jazz fusion like six string oh, yeah basses and just everyone they're all just monster musicians and i record that stuff pretty live so we'll play all at once and then they'll do another take and they'll just they'll do it differently and they'll they'll improv differently so it's it's very much like a sort of jazz fusion improv thing but but gospel yeah. and a lot of harmonies and and uh brass instruments so that that's a cool project right so i'm 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 very lucky to be able to do uh, a lot of music that I, that i enjoy I enjoy a lot of it more, of course, uh, as I've gotten more mature as a musician. But when I when I first started, I knew the kind of music I listened to, and then I yeah. was forced to learn other stuff. I did a bluegrass record, and they had totally different terminology, totally different mm-hmm. approach. Like they said, we're going to do drums. So I cleared the room. The guy shows up with a snare drum and a hi hat, and he didn't uh-huh. even hit the hi hat. He only stepped on the pedal. He just did yeah. brushes on the snare, and the upright bass player gave so much percussion from the bass. There was so much like slapping yeah. and hitting. And I realized like <laughs> those two things together make a rhythm in a very different way than we approach yeah. in the other styles I've done. And then I just dove into that genre. So as I've been doing this, it's it's gotten me into so many different kinds of music that I've, that I've learned to appreciate a lot more. Um, of course, working microscopically with it, it forces you to, to appreciate the finer details. But now when I listen to it, I listen from that perspective. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's a tic-tac. The guy's like, we're going to record a Tic Tac. I'm like, all right, well, you get the Tic Tac out. I'll figure out what it is. And he pulls yeah. out a, a Fender baritone guitar and plays the upright bass part like an octave higher with a guitar muted, doop, 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 yeah. just to give it some clarity. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And now, now I listen. I hear that. Okay, that's a that's a Tic Tac. I know that now. And yeah. um, and and yeah. and they're right. It helps when you have this subsonic bass. It helps to hear a little clarity if you're going to listen to it on smaller speakers. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, you gotta watch out for those bluegrass bands. They always crush it. Doesn't yeah, matter, yeah. Again, like. again, sick talent. Uh, just everyone's everyone's monsters. And uh, yeah. I've, I've worked with some klezmer artists. If you if you're familiar with klezmer, it, it's it's <laughs> kind of like uh, like traditional Jewish, like bluegrass. It's funny that a lot of like sort of music made in the hills of like like gypsy jazz, they call it, and 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 um, yeah. Klezmer and these other genres that are that are really geographically isolated and probably had no knowledge of each other stumbled upon a very similar approach of this sort of like energetic, yeah. upbeat, fast meeting, fast moving uh, music. So klezmer is very fast, very like like bluegrass, and uh, it'll be like violin and clarinet doing just real quick stuff, and it just kind of reminds you uh, of that. So like in the hills of Appalachia or in um these eastern europe with a, a uh, jewish diaspora writing this music or roma people um kind of stumbling onto the same idea of like a an energy and a, a movement and a, a vibrant style of music that's uh, that's really yeah. fascinating 
Yeah, that gets into some of the more like sort of metaphysical ideas about like the zeitgeist and how all that works within music. And right, right. It's like because we know they're so, not. It's all it's uh, old, so they didn't hear each other on the internet. Like right. it, it's just out there. It's, it's either yeah in our in our human spirit, or there's some kind of connection. Like this is this is a, a feeling that we have, um, yeah. and they're arriving at it independently, and that that's really fascinating. So, at this point in our conversation, the Zoom meeting crashed, so I had to call Tony back and wind down the interview. And we're back. Yep. Um, so, I have the uh, the poor man's version of Zoom. Apparently, you have to pay for it if you want to talk longer than, like, 40 minutes, I guess. So, yeah, I thought that. I don't remember that. I thought it only did that when you have more than... Uh more than two people, but that may have been a, a pandemic thing they did. Yeah. But you speak, do long meetings with two people. You just had to cut off when you had more. Yeah, that is cool. But um, yeah, we can kind of probably just wind this thing down. Um, I feel like we kind of touched on most of, uh, most of uh, the stuff I imagine you want to promote. Um, I just didn't know if there was like maybe something, you know, you wanted to mention outside of that could be anything i don't know if you're sort of playing uh live music at all with uh steep steps or if you're um doing something else that you wanted to mention i mean uh yeah i'd like to do another show soon we did one um a little before the pandemic or the, the same year which is funny because we did this flu shot promo picture uh and i had some anti-vaxxers come at me and it's just it was funny that like after that it became a lot, a lot bigger of an issue but yeah. um uh, so I don't have anything planned right now, but I'd like to do I'd like to do a steep step show, maybe by the end of the year, maybe beginning of next year. So we'll see about that. I'm playing with a band. Uh, I play with different bands. So I produce bands, right. and people invite me to play, or friends invite me to play. And someone invited me to play an event that I've always wanted to play, and it is the Halloween party at the Science Center. So oh, I've always nice. thought that was such a cool event. I mean, the science, the Maryland Science Center is is just great. So yeah. playing music there is going to be fun. There's a lot of different stages. There's like electronic music in, in different rooms. And, and I'm actually playing a Foo Fighters tribute set with oh, Shoe nice. and the Shoe and the Souls. And uh-huh. um, so a friend of mine, Andy Schuster from um, Greasy Hands and, and some other bands, um, Andrew. So he, I ran into him at a show and he, I said, that's cool that you're playing the Science Center. That, and he, he said, do you want to play with us? We need a keyboard player. Come, come play with us. Yeah. And I'm like, definitely. This is, this is something I'm, I'm, I'm just, if I have something scheduled that day, I'm just going to have to move it because I've been wanting to play around yeah. that big dinosaur bones or in the, in the planetarium or just anywhere <laughs> in the Science Center would just be such a fun place to play. So we're going to play uh, Foo Fighter songs and... Um, playing a, a couple different instruments, and that that's going to be fun. So that is the Saturday before Halloween. I think it's like the 28th or 27th, something like that, um, nice. at, at the Science Center. So that that's a really cool event. It's a I I, I don't want to say it's a fundraiser, but I, I get the impression it's some yeah. sort of gala kind of thing. Uh, I assume people are going to be wearing costumes. Um, I was supposed to go in 2020, got canceled. Uh, then we talked about playing there 2021 that also got canceled so now i'm playing there with the friends band um in 2022 and um so i'm looking forward to it and maybe maybe 2023 maybe i'll be able to do it with steep steps i think that would that would fit there's certain rooms in that in that science center that that i think would would be a very cool place to play our, our somewhat creepy yet ethereal music yeah for sure well hopefully people can find that um 
this will definitely be out before then. Um, so that part's good. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'll probably just let you get back to, uh, uh, working today. Yeah. Um, I got a 12 hour session that's about to start. So somebody's about to, to come in. I'm going to go noon to midnight with this artist. Awesome. It's a hell of a day. Do that every day pretty much if you can or. Yeah. Um, it's pretty average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> most, most days I do it like that. Uh, on Thursdays, I, I usually do a shorter day and, and I'm off on Thursday nights again, like just yeah. kind of trying to block out a little time here and there to, to catch yeah. up and, and be with the family. Um, so, but That's I, but one. I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed talking to you. I'm glad this worked out. So thanks for yeah, reaching no, out. I definitely appreciate you coming on and, uh, obviously you're doing good work. So, uh, hopefully it's not the last time I'm sure I'll maybe run into you somewhere. Um, only other thing I'm maybe going to mention is that I could probably like ship you a t-shirt if you want. For the oh, yeah. 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 And if you want uh, a deep end shirt or, or a steep step shirt, I'll send you, we'll trade some shirts. Um, I saw you wearing that before. I like the, the yeah. part-time Rockstar podcast gotta, uh, shirt. Gotta, That's cool. Got to get the brand out there a little bit, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll rock it. I'm, I'm always, I'm usually wearing band shirts. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I'm wearing one right now. So I like to, to represent what's going on around here. So I'd be happy to, happy to rock it. Sweet man. Well, um, I'll get this out in the airwaves and you know get the uh, get the deep end uh, even more exposure that I'm sure it doesn't even really need. But <laughs> I, I do I do appreciate it, <laughs> and I'm definitely always looking for for creative bands, especially bands that want to uh, come up with something new, and that's really what I want the most. Yeah. Like find your originality, find what makes your band special. Don't chase a genre or another sound. Uh, let's let's create together. And I definitely like that blank slate approach so there's any bands looking to get creative and uh and i have you want to get some your hands on some real tools here some real tube amps and analog synths and and drums and get get real tones um and maybe do some new stuff with it that that's what i i want uh, to continue doing here at the deep end so i appreciate it yeah man it's awesome all right well um i guess they'll call that a wrap until uh like i said maybe next time I'll send you an email here. I'll see you around. All right. Have a uh, good session. Thanks. So, yeah, I want to thank uh, Tony for coming on the show, and thank you for listening. The song that you're hearing in the background is called Sophia by Steep Steps, and you can definitely check that out on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you find music. Later. Later.